Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome back to part two of our double bill of episodes to welcome in series two of Dawn Breaks. I am so glad that you are joining us on this really interesting journey we're going to explore today. So today I'm welcoming Emma and she is going to talk to us a little bit about entrepreneurial mental health and the other trickier side for business owners when businesses don't always go the way we planned, the significant ups and downs, the stresses and strains. We're going to be exploring that in this episode. So listen in because there is so much good stuff in here for you. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Emma, who's joining me today. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her story. So welcome, Emma. Hello. Thank you for having me. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you um, and, and, and telling my story and hoping that others will get something from it. Absolutely, I'm sure they will. Sure they will. Knowing some bits about your story, definitely. And thank you. It's just real pleasure to have you on. So I really appreciate it. And how do we find you today? How are you? Pretty good, actually. I had a, a, a rubbish night's sleep, but, strain, but strangely feel very perky. Okay. So, um, so there's no there's no there's no rhyme or reason to you know how how I feel from one day to another and I've come to accept that so <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's a really good place to be just go with the flow rather than needing it to be a certain way definitely I find that these days oh well good I'm glad that you're feeling perky that's really good so you already know about the structure of the podcast but just in case someone's listening for the first time and they don't know I don't tend to give a big introduction to Emma or whoever's coming on and instead we kind of meet them where they're at and how they are and talk about a time when things have been really difficult or tricky for them and then move forward in time to what changed what helped them to feel hopeful and then we get to a point we talk about all the amazing things that you're doing now for example so we'll get to that point as we move further through so is there a time Emma that you can tell us about when things were really difficult for you where you were feeling a bit hopeless or very low oh gosh yes so about three years ago myself and my partner Alex were from the outside we would have looked as though we were like a proper power couple so we had our own businesses we were wine merchants so we had wine shops we had bars as well amazing we've been on this sort of amazing entrepreneurial journey um, from you know working in corporate jobs to following our passion which was wine mm-hmm. <laughs> like many people um, <laughs> and you know starting selling on farmers markets set up an e-commerce site opened our first shop opened our wow. second shop opened our third shop turned them into bars as well so you know wow. this sort of hybrid model you get where mm. it's a wine shop but you can also drink on the premises so we we changed them into that. We hired staff. But I feel like the turning point for me came three years ago when 
I'd been on a downward spiral, to be honest. Right. We'd opened our, opened our third venue by the skin of our teeth. And um, it was such a horrendous journey to get that third venue open. Oh, my gosh. And it was a long way from home, which is like first lesson. Make sure your bricks, <laughs> right. bricks and mortar is near to where you live. Right. <laughs> and... We got ripped off, know. you know, tradesmen took quite a bit of our money. We had to borrow and borrow and borrow just to get the doors open. But we did what we thought all good entrepreneurs should do, which is just keep going, keep mm-hmm. going, you know. We're built of, you know, stern stuff. We yeah, can, we can do it. We can do it. We can mm. battle through. All you need is grit and determination, and we we got the doors open and then I kind of realised that that's when the real hard work started. Right. And I was spent. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I had depleted everything. And it was really hard to make any money. If you, if you know the wine trade, certainly retail, you know, the, the stock is expensive and the margins are low. You have to shift a lot. Right. Add into that dealing with drunk people oh um, gosh yeah it's it's really quite stressful yeah so i was the the face of the business so i was out on the on the floor networking you know through the day and then mm. hostess with the mostess in the evening <laughs> and uh, and what people didn't see was where as soon as i went into the back i was sat on a sat on a beer keg crying oh, <laughs> like, oh god I, I can't do this anymore mm. I can't do this but I had to I had to dry my tears and off out again Gosh. Um, and I realized I said to Alex I know I'm having a breakdown right but there's nothing I can do about it people say about being on a hamster wheel this felt as though it was like like a torture wheel. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> and, and I know I'm sounding dramatic now, but no. just remembering at the time, it's like I can't quit. I can't mm, stop because it's your it's your business, baby, isn't it? How do you yeah. how do you leave something that's your that you've done it, you've designed it, you've made it happen, and now you don't want to be there? Really did not want to be there. We had oh. created a monster oh, gosh. Um, and it w- and it was our own doing right but the worst thing was so many people relied on us and that stopped us from getting off the hamster wheel as well so we employed people we had um suppliers mm. well we owe we owed money left right and center right you know alex's mum had died in oh, gosh. you know as we were trying to open this venue wow. um that's a lot. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Um, Alex had sold her house and we ended up spending all the money that he'd made on his mum's house, his inheritance, mm. and we and we pumped it into the business. Right. A- again, another lesson. You know, if, if you have to pump so much money into a business just to get the doors open, I'd be seriously asking is this the right thing to do? Right. So I, I, I want to like sort of, I'll take you to rock bottom and then I'll take you up again. We'll come back up, don't worry. <laughs> we'll we come back do. up. We always do. I wouldn't leave you there, I promise. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> so um, 
my physical health was deteriorating, so I I was developing um, varicose veins because mm. I was on my feet mm. all day, and my mental health was absolutely shot. And it got to the point where we knew that the businesses were no longer viable. We had some serious, serious problems with staff members right. in the other venues, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and because we weren't close, it was difficult to manage that. So we, we closed the venues one by one. And the final venue where me and Alex were based, we decided, we didn't tell anyone, we decided that on New Year's Eve, three years ago, mm. that would be our last night. And we, and we closed and we knew that we were never opening again and we knew that we would just have to deal with the fallout um, so there was no planning no like sensible decision making it was like can't do it we can't bear it anymore can't um, bear it mm. I mean me and Alex would, would drive to that venue which was an hour and a half away from where we lived mm. sit in the car park stealing ourselves to go in we would have a big hug in the car oh gosh. and then go, right, okay, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and so, th- so we stopped and it was gosh. like putting the brakes on, but, mm. you know, having a, having a crash, we crashed really. Yeah. And then the last three years we've been going through the motions of picking up the pieces mm. um, of, of our lives. And that involved keeping our house mm-hmm. because... A lot of these loans, business loans, are have personal guarantees, and and that means that even though you are a limited company, yeah, you still sign on the dotted line to say if this limited company goes under, yeah, me personally, Emma Bailey, is mm-hmm. liable for that debt. Mm. Uh, and 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 when we were building the businesses, we were so confident. Yeah, you know, as good entrepreneurs should be, <laughs> confident yeah, that it's going to work. We yeah. don't know the we don't know the meaning of failure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just work harder, right? Just work harder. Just work smarter. Just, we can do yeah. it. It's possible. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So I mean, and, and you should know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Even though you you are sort of sat in front of a judge, having a representative from Shelter, the homeless charity, oh my representing you so that you don't lose your house. <laughs> Um, you can get through it and I know this podcast is about hope and Mm. maybe hitting rock bottom and coming out again Mm. I never knew that three years on I would be here you know talking to you about that time because when you're in it it's like yeah this is horrendous and nobody gets it nobody understands you know look at all those entrepreneurs out there business Mm. owners with their wins on social media yeah you know networking telling you know stories about their business are so positive and nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes and the, the struggles and when it goes wrong how common that is and how right. it affect, affects you and your mental health. Yeah, and your self-esteem as well, you know, because all of that is all tied in together, isn't it, about how successful you are and how worthy a person that you imagine you are, which it, they're not attached, but we it feels like it at the time when things are potentially not working out. And I'm so sorry, it sounds, it sounds like it was impossible, like so difficult, and that... I can very much um, empathise with with the idea of going to work and having to 
ramp yourself up to be able to go in because you've lost the any enthusiasm you know i i can i can relate to that being in tears outside work thinking i just don't want to i just don't want to do this and it's about a job a long time ago and i and i decided at that point i was never ever gonna do a job that made me feel like that again but you have to sort of sometimes get to that point to realize this isn't how it should be and even if you created it and it's your business baby you can change your mind but at the time how can you you know that's not accessible when you're in that low low point no the feeling of being stuck um and trapped is so disempowering it's so you you don't feel like you're in control of your life you know everybody else is you know is is deciding for you you know what Mm. what happens but the best thing that we ever did was um well in a way it was it was taken out of our hands because I couldn't physically do it anymore so it wasn't I suppose it wasn't like a a proper decision to say no the end it was I can't do it anymore and then we're gonna have to just just deal with you know the consequences yeah yeah but I now think you know, fa- fast forward. I mean, gosh, you, you know the the roller coaster that has happened since then is yeah. really quite interesting. And, <laughs> we'll get know. onto that definitely. Um, but but that learning is is something that you you can never take away from me now. Yeah. You know, no nobody unless you've been through it, nobody really quite gets you know what you learn from about yourself and about mm. other people and about the world. <laughs> Once you've been at that terrible, terrible stage and sort of scrambled back up again. Yes, yeah, and had to find that energy as well to scramble back up again. I think there's something really important about what you said there, that when we reach a rock bottom point, we come out a changed person. Like our value set has changed and you can't go back to how things were before because somehow everything is different even if it may not look different internally you've had a shift which means you can't go back to sort of feeling that same way and what really matters to you has been sort of reframed realigned and so then it it does feel like moving on forward in a new way potentially after a, a real low like you're describing yeah and and really it's only very recently that i've i've properly understood um, what I have gained from that terrible experience. Right. Uh, when somebody said to me, Emma, have you ever heard of post traumatic growth? Right. I was like, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, post traumatic stress, most people have heard of. Mm. And, I, and I feel like a failed business mm. you know does give you a, a bit of post-traumatic stress you know? absolutely but then the stuff that you've learned and you sort of use and and you can grow from that I definitely be- now believe in post-traumatic growth I love that idea I love that idea I can really relate to that actually in terms of having a real low time and that you can get you can get back to feeling as solid as you did before the low time happened and more but it's different it's not the same as it was before it's a different um I wonder how I don't know what the best way is to explain or describe it there's a really nice 
Japanese form of artwork. I don't know if you've seen where they have these ceramics that are broken and then they put them back together with gold. And so they have these gold in all of the cracks. And I absolutely love this idea that we become something more because of our trauma, our wounds. We, we become not a new person, but an altered person who has all of these attributes because of what we've been through. And that I love that idea of, of growth coming from trauma. And I think it's right. I think, I think you're totally right about that. It's just about the reframe, isn't it? About it, it, there is that post-traumatic stress and you have to recover and you have to unpick and unpack that trauma and be able to process it and talk about it and be okay with it. But, but then after that, it can be your superpower. It can be your leverage. Yeah, totally. I feel like that's, that's where I am now. I mean, it's been three long years sort of recovering Mm. from that because it was burnout, you know, I now understand what, what burnout means. Um, And it's just a a simple word, but it's, there's so much um, involved in it. What was involved for you? Can you, sorry, can you elaborate on that a little bit about what it looked like? Um, Yes. So I can now start to see in others because I I, I recognise it. Mm -hmm. So um, in the in the last six months of of our business, I really just felt that I was dead inside. Gosh, like numbed Uh, out, kind of. Is that totally? Yeah, yeah, totally numbed out. And I and I feel that because my stress level was just so high Mm. all the time you know normally you know you get stress and then it's all right and then you get stress and then you're all right but it was just constantly every single day that that became my new norm right so so nothing really nothing really phased me Mm -hmm. and nothing but nothing gave me joy either right right so it was just like a, a, a monotone way of living it was like oh you know groundhog day but emotionally as well it was yeah like, right well you know what dreadful thing is going to happen today right not, it's no big deal not bothered. same as every day right yeah which actually tells you so much doesn't it when you've got to the point where big things can happen and you're almost just shrugging your shoulders just like it's to be expected that a disaster is going to happen because you're functioning from that high level of sort of high cortisol, high stress, um, where it's just survival mode, isn't it? And actually getting even more stressed out, even more sort of hyper arousal is almost not possible because you wouldn't, you just know, your body knows you can't survive that right now. So it just doesn't, and it just doesn't react. And yeah, it, it can be made really frightening, though, at the time, because you just, I don't know what it felt like for you, but it certainly can be confusing or worrying or not sure. Yeah, just just not caring. That mm. that was, that worried me a little bit. It's like, I actually don't care about right. anything. Right, which is not like you at all. No, no, because it didn't matter. Mm. It, you know, nothing mattered. So there was, so was that, like that sort of mental, and you talk about cortisol, and I, and I still think that I really have to watch myself now because I get tired ever so quickly. Now that we know what burnout looked like for you, tell us a little bit about where those sort of first threads of something 
hopeful came from? Because you obviously had to go through a huge amount of really difficult processes with the end of your business, with potentially losing your house, some really, really devastating experiences. What was the first thing that kind of gave you a glimpse of something hopeful that things might be okay at some point? Um, it, w- it was even though I didn't have a job, well, I was, I was temping. I was temping when I had the businesses. I was like working in the, in the course in the call center oh um, as well, and then in the business. And nobody knew that either. Wow. But even though I didn't have a you know a new career, mm. I could still sit in the kitchen on a Saturday night at seven o'clock and think, I am so glad that I am not in a bar you know jostling with people and right because seven o'clock was like the influx yeah kickoff time on a Saturday, it was mm. kickoff time and then you know at, at, at eight o'clock it would get quiet and then again at 10 o'clock it would be people had gone for a meal and they they come in and so at those points I was like I am so glad mm. that we did what we did and we right. stopped it yeah so it, yeah. it was that it's like right our life can be different and Mm -hmm. I just it was like this sounds really corny (laughs) but it was like in the springtime when you start to see like the the crocuses yes yeah coming up and you think okay new stuff a new beginning and even though we know we owe thousands and thousands of pounds and etc etc we're together Yes. And on a Saturday night at seven o'clock, we can sit in our kitchen and drink wine ourselves. Yes. And enjoy the thing that you were trying to create. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that idea of new beginning because there's something about after the numbness when you begin to feel, and it is a bit like a seed coming up or a, a tulip just get coming through or a daffodil just coming through. I love that analogy where you just begin to feel something that maybe feels okay. And I think it's really, really powerful because you're sort of slogging, aren't you? And you're, you keep going and you keep going and things have been so difficult and you've been to rock bottom and it just keeps going. And you described it as a, a, a torture wheel, like not being able to get off, you know. And it, it's not that it stops when you decide to stop, although you felt a massive relief, I'm, I, want, I, I imagine, But at the same time, there's all the repercussions, there's all the aftermath. But then once, even though that's happening, there's still something in us that is able to find a thread, a tiny, tiny something. Yes. And it was understanding what the alternative was because I've been there, because I've been on a Friday or Saturday night at seven o'clock, you know, being bouncer, waitress, cocktail person, I'd been there. Mm. And that was the alternative. And I would, understanding that I would rather have all the aftermath and mm-hmm. and stuff to deal with rather than what that alternative was. So that was, that was definitely like the little bit of joy <laughs> coming, yeah. coming yeah, through. Mm. Um, and there was... There was a lot of shame 
people don't talk about this mm. when uh, you're in business and it doesn't work for whatever reason mm. so much shame we because we were so public you know we were like fancy bar owners right um until the very last moment and then we went underground yeah. and then we hid we hid for a very long time um well i i certainly did because mm. i was so embarrassed because i owed people a lot of money um, because I was so well known and well networked in mm-hmm. the area mm. that I felt that everybody hated me. Oh gosh, um, must have been awful. And now it's taken some quite a bit of sort of work on myself to understand that you know, well, that's probably a lot of my ego. Not mm. everybody hates me. They've got their own stuff to deal with. It's true. It's yeah. true. It doesn't feel like it at the time, but actually, most all of us, you know, we are mostly quite self-absorbed with what's going on for us, um, rather than what's going on for other people. Apart from the initial, you know, shock of when something changes. Yeah, I can just imagine how that must have been so difficult because you're going through deep personal trauma and this entrepreneurial journey that isn't always this be all and do all and be successful and it works out and then also this social element you know when trauma happens in another circumstance we lean on our social network but in this circumstance it felt like that was unavailable yes yes I mean close friends were great Mm. but most of them are in sort of salaried jobs so perhaps didn't quite get you know what was at stake they yeah we didn't we didn't share a lot with them to be honest but we, we just want I just wanted to I just wanted the ground to open up and, and me to drop in it mm. um which is really odd because businesses go under all the time so I'm still I'm still trying to work out why we why we don't talk about it more it's a really um, important thing, actually, I think, because we, I, th- I know when we connected before the podcast, we talked about, you know, entrepreneurial mental health isn't something that is widely spoken about. There's a huge amount of stuff out there about boosting ego, boosting self-esteem, being successful, do more, be more, work harder, work smarter. But there isn't a lot of really sensitive, nurturing sometimes this is really difficult and sometimes things don't go the way that you want them to and I certainly didn't realize in starting my own business that so much of the work for me wasn't going to be on all of the products or the things I was creating it was going to be the internal work on myself and what I needed to do for myself in terms of working on on my self-esteem and my self-worth to feel like I was worthy to have my own business and worthy to be bringing in this money or whatever it might be there's this whole other element that that you're highlighting here that I think is something we we do need to get better at talking about because businesses aren't always successful and that is okay you know that has to be okay and you were describing that shame that you were feeling and and it's it's really it makes me very sad to hear that for you because I can imagine it must have been devastating and yet we need as a society we need to get better at at normalizing like it's it's okay things that aren't always successful and even with the best intentions and all of the massive amount of work it doesn't always go the way we want it to and maybe as well what you've been through has led you on to something else that that you do feel lit up about and you do feel like you want to do 
Yeah, what you're saying is 100% true. And you mentioned self-esteem earlier on. And because for so long I was, oh yeah, uh, the wine lady. Right. <laughs> you know, the wine expert. So it became um, your identity, your business. Yeah. It wasn't separate almost. Yeah, very much so. So the, the, the internal work, as you've, as you've said, for me has been, so who am I now? Mm. I, I couldn't drink nice wine for ages. <laughs> wow. I, I can now. But. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like, what was, you know, and I don't know, but what was going on there to, for you to almost say, I can't even have that. I can't be in that periphery, in that space. Yeah, I just lost interest in it totally and became the person who said, does it have alcohol in it? Yeah, well, I'll drink it. Right. Rather than, you know, being... You know, I've got qualifications in, in wine. You know your stuff um, about this, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I used to be so passionate, and that's what fueled me to, to open the businesses. But because I suppose I... Oh, this is really interesting. I've not thought about this before, so thank you, Harriet. But I felt I'd let, I'd let people down, but I'd also let the wine down somehow, let this the amazing... The thing that you were passionate about. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so I am I am getting there. I am sort of starting now to take more interest in in wine and wine mm. regions and the grape varieties and starting to think, oh yeah, well this is what I fell in love with. Right. You know, not not shaking cocktails at right. whatever one <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what> am. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is so odd now what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and how that relates to mm-hmm. all the learning and the journey that I've been on. So I was never a person who was detail orientated, as okay. they say. Mm-hmm. I was big picture, people, not numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm more words and people rather mm-hmm. than detail and, and numbers. But what I what I've realized now is if I had taken more interest in those numbers right. in my business, mm-hmm. would I have had some proper information to make some proper decisions on? Right. And what I'm talking about is cash flow. Mm. Because ultimately, that was the end of our business. If the cash flow had been more healthy in the business, maybe. I wouldn't have had to be in, in the business 24-7. Mm-hmm. I could have employed people to run it and, and planned for me to take a step backwards, Yeah, which would have been a, a really nice way to live rather than, mm-hmm. well, we can't afford anyone, so I've got to be in it. Right. Or it might have told us to close the businesses sooner. Right, right. Rather than chucking more money mm-hmm. at at businesses and not really understanding why and what that meant for you know the future financial health of, of the business so I've been thinking about this for for quite a long time and I mean I'm now in all the networking groups with other entrepreneurs because I, I feel like my experience which has been hard won mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> can help others absolutely um, and I'm starting to get that passion back and that mm-hmm. joy back right. from helping other businesses to start to take interest in their cash flow forecasting I can't believe I'm saying that. And, <laughs> right and and because it can be a, it can be a joy yeah 
Yeah. And it can it can tell you can your business grow? Where should the money go? When can you take a holiday? Mm-hmm. Uh, when can you hire new staff? Is it the right time to buy a new van or or whatever? Or mm-hmm. can you plan towards it? You know, should you be expanding, opening venue two, three, whatever? You know, like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we just thought we were invincible and and didn't really look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. And also another big part of what I'm helping entrepreneurs do is troubleshooting. <laughs> Right. Which I am now an expert at. <laughs> right, because you've seen it firsthand, you know, about, or not, chosen to not see it, maybe, firsthand. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I've learned to appreciate the, the bits of burnout that allow me now to look at any situation, even a crisis, and not get flapped. Not, yes. you know, yeah. get overwhelmed and flap about. It's mm-hmm. like, right well I've seen worse than this yeah. believe me yeah you've it's, become sort of unshakable in that circumstance which yeah. is a real skill and I now know that ultimately everything is going to be all right right the that end is fundamental like that right there is absolutely critical because I probably haven't identified it like that before but I know that I have that belief in me there's something about getting to the point where it's worse than you ever could have imagined it's really bad and then when you come past that you realize that the things that fundamentally make you happy and that that really matter to you are really simple you know it's that you've you've got enough food you've got a roof over your head you're warm enough the people you love know you love them it's really simple and then when you know that and feel that sort of in you knowing that everything is going to be okay is so powerful because you can literally have anything thrown at you and you think okay well you know let's break it down let's let's figure out what what the best thing is to do and I I love that it's such an amazing skill to have because I don't think I ever had that it's almost like a confidence isn't it it's sort of knowing a resting a reassurance maybe an assurance maybe that everything's going to be okay, that you can sit in that and be feel safe in that reassurance that you can tell yourself that everything's going to be all right. Yeah, definitely. And for other business owners, if they know that, you know, an outside person, you know, someone like me can look at their situation and say to them, this is all going to be all right. This is fine, honestly. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but here's some steps that I think we can, you know, work through and everything is going to be okay. And and I can promise that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really is mm. going to be all right. And if the worst case scenario happens, it's still going to be all right. Right. So let's look at the worst case scenario. Yes. Think about that. Mm-hmm. How, how, how would you deal with that? All oh, right, well, you know, we've got a plan for the worst case scenario. Happy days. And that is so powerful, actually. And that is something I talk to clients about when we're worrying about something. Like, well, what if that happens? What if that happens? What if the worst case? And you keep following it on to the worst possible case scenario. And then when you've looked at it, you're like, oh, okay. Like, I know, I know what it looks like now. And I, like you say, I've got a plan. And it's just not as frightening. The unknown not looking at it is almost worse, much worse, much more frightening. And so when you actually look at the 
the sort of big fat ugly possibility and look at it dead in the face and realize that actually if that happened it would be you know be rubbish but i i could deal with it because i have dealt with difficult things before and i know how to do that and that in itself is massively empowering so we, we've got there anyway but tell us broadly you know tell us a bit more about what it is that you do and how you help people so again, this is a really big surprise to me that I would um, event- eventually, <laughs> eventually... I love it. Become, it seems perfect. <laughs> to come full circle, eventually become a biz coach. Mm-hmm. Although I, I have a little bit of a battle with the word coach, but because, yes, I do coach people, but I, I take a, a deep interest in, in their whole lives, to be mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. because running your business is... It is part of your life. It's not a nine to five. So I coach people on on their whole lives. What I coach them on is cash flow forecasting and Mm -hmm. being able to fall in love with doing that and how to use it um, to either grow your business, speed up that growth, or just understand the financial health of your business. Mm -hmm. We look at risk management and mitigation, which is kind of part of the same as uh, cash flow forecasting because it includes the well let's look at the what if what if what if Mm. and come up with plans and then Mm. work out how far you can push it what risk you are comfortable with taking that's important to know it really is Mm -hmm. you know and then the, the skill of troubleshooting because it is a skill that can be learned so to go through different phases of how to troubleshoot in your own business and Mm -hmm. and look at it a little bit dispassionately so uh, a lot of it is mindset work Mm. you know how you view a problem but then there's practical things as well and also how you ride it so yeah what what can you get out of it and it might be PR (laughs) and you know it could be some really really practical things Mm. um, or it could be more personal what have I, I personally learned from this problem so so that's what I do in a nutshell and we look at lifestyle as well because as I said you know running your own business it isn't compartmentalized no. even though people mm. like to tell you you know <laughs> well <laughs> what you've got to get a balance yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of mm-hmm. but it's all one big sphere which is life uh, and you've got to be happy with you know 90% of it yeah absolutely and I think I love what you said there because I recognize in myself that I am so passionate and love what I do so much that I find it really hard to put it down like I have to be incredibly boundaried with myself otherwise I would I'd work to burn out without meaning to just because I love it what I do and there's all these sort of things that you wouldn't have to consider because when I had a job in the past when I was employed I'd clock off at the end of the day and that's me done and so it's a it's a very different way of functioning in the world, isn't it? And and needs a different set of considerations, maybe not necessarily skill set, because we can all learn new skills, but set of sort of considerations about what really matters and and how to balance all of that. I, I love it. It's I think it's so important, and the mindset work is is so important. And coming from the space of someone who has truly walked the walk and has been there means that you have experiences that are just so profoundly useful to other people and it it also what I love about what you've described there is your intense pain has become the purpose for what you do which is incredible you know it makes sense 
of all of that trauma and difficult experience because of where it's led you to now yeah (laughs) in a word I never thought that I would be doing this and I am starting to feel oh no I do feel gratitude yeah for that dreadful dreadful time and I'm a funny one with gratitude and I, I, I don't journal and perhaps I should and all of that but I am I now get it that I can be grateful for a horrible experience yes yeah and it's not grateful you know not necessarily grateful for the nitty-gritty down in the mud stuff but grateful for the profound changes it brings in us you know our way of viewing the world and grateful for having that change of perspective maybe which is is so empowering that in itself takes you from victim or feeling powerless to feeling powerful because you're in charge if you're grateful and if you're maybe not even grateful you can feel some amount of joy some small pleasure in the fact that you've been through this really difficult experience and you've survived which is really important and then who that makes you now as this sort of resilient person and and yeah I couldn't have said that when I was going through a really difficult time I couldn't have been grateful for it then but now I I can look at it and think actually it's taken me on to do some things which I'm so proud of you know creating this podcast came out of a really difficult time and I'm so proud of it and it feels like something that's come from the heart and it I feel like that same connection with you that it's something that's coming from that real passion and real heart of of who you are and what you care about and that's why it really matters like that's why it's you know the work that you are so drawn to I think which which is amazing and I love that were there any kind of last things or anything that's come up and you think, actually, I really wanted to touch on that and we haven't? Were there anything... It doesn't matter if there wasn't. I suppose just just finally, this this podcast, and I, I am grateful for that. Thank you for the oh, opportunity to, to talk and, and to become more visible. So not hiding anymore mm. and, and, you know, getting rid of that shame is because of now the work that I do which is you know it's it's takes some getting used to but I used to be so scared of saying oh I'm I'm a business coach Mm -hmm. and for other people who knew me and and know but you've got you know these failed businesses how on earth can you do that you know you you know just just shut up basically right you you don't you don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. but now I feel now I've sort of honed in on what I want to do, which is cash flow, risk and troubleshooting. I feel more confident in standing up saying, no, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, I have valid experiences. I have zero qualifications in those things. Mm-hmm. I have lived experiences which are more valuable, I think. Right, right. That's where the real learning happens ultimately, isn't it? In the lived experience you know obviously qualifications and and learning is is so important but but yeah I feel that you don't truly understand until you put something into action in real life in real terms and yeah I completely I honor what you're saying there because I think there's something so powerful in owning feeling shameful and once you're okay with it no one can wield that against you once you're okay with your difficult experience and what you've been through the shame that you felt that you wanted to hide once you own your story and say this is what I've been through and I'm okay with it your opinion is the most important one of you what you feel about yourself is the most important opinion 
And so other people can have an opinion, but once you've kind of put it out there yourself already, you've taken any any chance of that being wielded against you away. It's not it's not going to have that impact on you because you're in a position of knowing who you are and being really really okay with it. And that's just everything. That's incredible. I love it. Yeah. And just finally everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's such a nice way to end. Thank you, Emma. I really love that. Everything is going to be okay, even if it feels really dark and difficult. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and that's you know that's what we're that's what we're about. Emma, how can people connect with you if they've loved your message? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? You can come and say hello on Instagram, Emma Bailey Coaching. Facebook, the same. I've got a a business group on Facebook, particularly helping business owners of sustainable and ethical green businesses, which is another passion of mine. But I'm sure you're going to put this in the show notes. I am, absolutely. Whatever. (laughs) Yes. I, I love to chat. And, and, and coffee there's always a, a coffee going so. good oh I love that thank you so much and yeah as, as always all of that info will be in the show notes it's just nice to to hear it from you too so just the last thing to say really is thank you so much I am so grateful to you for sharing your story and it's been wow you know what a powerful one and I hope it's felt uplifting even though we've gone through the really difficult stuff to come out to a place that feels really hopeful to me it feels really hopeful Yeah, thank you, Harriet. I really appreciate being able to tell my story. Wow, what an amazing story. I am so grateful to Emma for being so brave and vulnerable as to share this because I know it was a huge thing for her to do and maybe release some of the pressure of what she's been holding on to since this experience has happened but it doesn't take away from how difficult it would have been to speak about what had happened so openly so I'm really really grateful to Emma for sharing her vulnerability and her story because I know there are so many people who it will resonate with and who will relate to that story. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to this story please let us know what you thought leave us a review or get in touch it's always really good to hear from you. Otherwise, take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.